What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. On today's show, I got a math teacher turned real estate flipper and investor. Um, somebody who was teaching eighth grade algebra and is now flipping houses. So, and still teaching eighth grade algebra just a couple days a week. So I hope you guys enjoy this. There's a couple tips on there that I really enjoyed. And uh, towards like the middle and end, I've got a few tips that I've seen from when I was flipping houses at a high volume and high level. So um, I'm on with David Foster today. He's in Raleigh, North Carolina and had a great time talking with him. I hope you guys enjoy the show. My name is Bill Allen and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. What's up, everyone? I've got another exciting show for you guys today. I've got one of our Seven Figure Runway members on the call today, and we're going to be talking about his experience in real estate. So uh, my, (laughs) my guest today is David Foster. What's up, David? How are you? I'm good. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you and get to know you a little bit better. We, uh, I think you've been in the group for just, uh, just a short period of time now and um, uh, have been doing some pretty big things. So I'm interested to hear your story a little bit about what you're doing and maybe some tips that you have for people that's working for you that they might have thought, not thought about before. So can you give everybody just like, and me a little bit of background about you, um, maybe what you were doing before real estate and how you got into it? Yeah, sure. So well, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, with my wife and two kids. Uh, we're about to be married five years, coming up on that anniversary. Um, my kids wow. are in two or three weeks. Uh, they'll both be, well, one will be three, and then one will be one. Um, it's just a lot of things going on in the summer, uh, mainly because uh, I, my background is education, so I've been a, a math teacher, um, mainly eighth grade. I teach pre-algebra and algebra. Um, yeah, so, so I've done that full-time. And then last year, um, I actually went to uh, part-time teaching uh, math so I could get a little bit more into real estate. Um, but that's me. How do you do that? How do you go from like teaching full-time eighth grade to going part-time? You just like show up two days a week? Yeah, so I teach two and a half days a week. It's at a private school in the area. Oh, and they're fine with that. They bring in somebody else. Well, to, is it the same kids that you have all year, but you teach half of the class? No, it's it's a it's called a university type model. The kids only go three days a week, um, and then the other two days they're virtual. Um, and so, yeah, I'll check my email and stuff and answer questions. But I'm the kids and I are not there two days of the week. Oh wow, that's wild. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and so you just took a little bit less time uh, working the full-time job and more time into real estate. Was that because you were doing more? Yeah, the goal is to do more more and more and more. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, for all of us, yes. I think. So you have the summer off right now completely? Uh, yes, for from the school, yes. Okay, so uh, how much more can you get done in the summer than you can during the regular uh, school, school year? Um, I mean, yeah, that definitely more that obviously this is the time where we take vacations as well. So that like interrupts things a little bit, but yeah, when you have all day, every day to think about things, make contacts, calls, connections, drive out to the properties, um, potentially look at deals. I mean, it's, it's obviously it, it makes a difference. Yeah. 
Tell me a little bit about your real estate uh, career. Like, what have you been doing? When did you start? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, well, mainly it began when I bought a home, which was seven, eight years ago, again, in the summer, because that's when I do a lot of things. Um, so yeah, I bought a home. It was a, it was a fixer upper. Um, I've slowly fixed it up over the years in different spots. Not me, but contractors. And then what I noticed is I would be going to my friend's homes, which I didn't think was very normal, but I would be like visioning of how I can make this space more functional, better, update it. Um, and I just started doing that more and more and more, even when I went on runs like late at night. Um, yeah, so I was like, you know, maybe I should do something with this, maybe potentially with work. Um, if this is where my mind goes, you know, and so it's something that I enjoy. So maybe I could do it even more um, and not just have it like a hobby. So that led me to looking into how do I do this? I want to learn how to do it. Um, so t in the summer of 2020, I bought an online course, which told you like the ins and outs of how to buy or flip houses. I would say it's more like an intro. Like it just introduces you how to flip homes, not really at a business level, but more like on the side, um, which it was decent. And so, so that was the summer of 2020. And then Christmas Eve, I closed on my first flip or it went under contract with my first flip of 2020 during COVID. So that's where it began. Nice. Okay, so you're the guy at the party that shows up and tells people how they should change no, their kitchen and nope. bathrooms? To I don't talk about it. It's in my head. Yeah. I got it. Got it. Okay, so what happened to that first house? So that was uh, December 2020. So you fixed it up, sold it. Did you make some money? Well, yes. Yeah, so that's that was a great market to start in. Um, <clears throat> we... It took about five, six months to flip, go under construction. Um, so it, it took a little while to close. So I closed in the middle of February and then it, I got on the market in the summer of 21, which that's when the market was really starting to take off. Um, so I, I put it on the market um, at 220 and had multiple offers over a weekend and it sold for 250. So it was just a great thing to start with and um, sell quickly and, after that, I mean, I made so much money, I could quit my job. <laughs> but, you know, I want to be smart about things. And um, so I just, I wanted to keep doing flipping houses and increase it. So the following, like, year, I guess school year, you could say, I got, I, I was working on two different flips from 21 to 22. And so you took that money and kind of put it back into the business of finding these other ones. How were you looking for deals and finding deals? Um, wholesalers in the MLS. So I, yeah, okay. so I would just, I mean, people have talked about it, but I would just go any and all places on these investor Facebook market place groups, um, and drop my email whenever anyone said anything about a property within the Raleigh, North Carolina market. I mean, obviously outside of it, but close to it. And so... So you were underwriting and analyzing these deals that wholesalers were sending to you and, and on the MLS and work with realtors and stuff like that. Um, did you feel like you were overpaying for these properties at that time? A lot of people say when they, they're on wholesalers list, the wholesalers are priced way too high and all that stuff. Like how did you come back, combat that? Yeah. So one, I definitely did not overpay for. Um, it was just a complete full rehab um, that nobody wanted because it was so full but the, the, the room was there and 
my first flip was a pretty big rehab. Um, but this one was, I don't know, just that has never deterred me if the numbers are right. So that was one of them was great. Um, I, I never was nervous about making a profit on it because the, the, the spread was so wide. Um, the other one, yes, I did overpay for it, but the market was just shooting up so at yeah. such a high level. Um, and I, it was just a super cool home, which I think, which I thought created, could create a really good experience when buyers walk through it. And like, just at the beginning level of people buying homes, that's where my flips have been. Um, it, it, I thought it could be a great. So why, why weren't you, why weren't you scared of like these big rehabs, especially being so new? I think a lot of new investors might be kind of freaked out. Are you talking big, like 80 to a hundred thousand dollar budget? Oh yeah. What was a thousand dollar budget? Yeah. But if I bought it, so why, why didn't that scare you? I mean, there was just, I just thought it was a lot of room. If I bought it for $40,000 and I put a hundred into it, that still gives me so much room to sell it for 200 or even 220. And so I was like, I don't, to me, that doesn't deter me uh, or it didn't back then. Had you done, had you done construction in the past? Have you worked with contractors before? <laughs> Um, do you, are, are you have a general contracting license? Like, let's, let's talk about this. Like, why doesn't that scare you? Cause most people that I talk to, I do, I've done this for a very long time is, you know, they want a basic, easy paint and carpet or wholesale type project for the first one. Cause they don't know how to ep- estimate repair costs. That hundred thousand might cost 200,000. Yeah. Um, on my first up, I really did analyze the c- construction costs. I, I have, I am more of an analytical thinker. Um, so I really tried to hone in on like what he was what this contractor was, his costs were, and trying to carry that over to the next one. Um, but at the same time, though, so like my whole career, like even in education, I've gone, I've gone to like the ghetto to teach and stuff. And so, I guess hard things or dirty things has never impacted or scared me. I've always gone in and like head first, gone all in, and like rectified it and fixed it. And so I think that kind of has uh, translated over to real estate because those big rehabs have not deterred me. If the room is there, I'm all for it. I can do it. Okay. How did you, how did you estimate the repair costs? Um, just from what I knew from that first flip. Um, and then I knew I had like 20, 30, $30,000 of room, even if I needed more, and for change orders and whatnot and what behind the walls and all that. Um, and it was, it was fine. Okay. So fix it up, fix these two up, sold them, made more money than what? Yeah. And so that was, I guess the fall when I finished both of them, it was summer and fall when they went on the market and sold. Um, and then I took a little bit of a breather because um, the contractor was decent, but I just, it just took way longer than it should have. Um, and I didn't have the bandwidth to like go out and hire another one and so on and so forth. So I just stuck with him and wrote, like tried to put a fire under him to finish it. And eventually he did, but um, I took a breather. And then I guess the beginning of 2023, I really wanted to, go forward and move forward. I was going out on deals around Thanksgiving, Christmas, but that's when the market was, we didn't know it was going to happen. So I was really putting low ball offers, which nobody was taking. Um, and I continue to do that through the beginning of 2023. 
um, and then finally got some deals um, March, April, and May um, under contract and became mine. And so, yeah, I just kept at it and I kept visiting properties. I kept putting my name on whatever list, uh, even MLS, I was putting low ball bids to get them. And finally um, it turned around and I, I got three more properties under contract and that are mine and are being worked on. So you took a break um, through last year, 2022. And then you said, you mentioned to me, you came to Flip Hacking Live in October of 2022. Yes. So October of last year. Okay. And had you been to that event before? Tell me about like that event. How'd you find it? That kind of stuff. Uh, I know I've not been to the event. I listened to your podcast for, I don't know, a year or so, maybe even over a year, which I really liked and, um, enjoyed, you know, I always vet things for a long time before I like push forward. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to go, I wanted to see what you guys were about. Um, and, and I enjoyed it, I guess. Yeah. And so that's where my, where I began with your group. Um, I didn't buy or do anything after that. Um, I met some great people and have kind of kept up with some. Um, from, uh, there's one guy close to me, Joseph Druver, Druther, which you you know, yeah. who I thought was great. Um, but yeah, that's where it all began with you guys. <clears throat> so you went to Flip Hacking Live, you attended for the three days, you had vetted us out for like a year to see and you went there just to see if we were who we said we were or we were and then you still didn't buy there um so this is interesting now i'm curious um and then it looks like like months later you joined our program so like what happened between october and february to kind of were you just still vetting us out like what was that like tell me about that a little bit well i'm pretty self-motivated and so um I don't know. I just, I didn't take the plunge yet. I did take the plunge over, I think it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. You did the, that 90 day, 90 day deal Academy. Um, yeah. and so I split it with a friend, um, who's actually in Cambodia. He's doing mission work in Cambodia, but he was like, yeah, that's a great deal. It's just you flipping houses in Cambodia. Well, no, he's flipping houses near me, but he does rentals and he just fixes them up, um, to <clears throat> help with his support raising. And so, um, so yeah, we just did it together. And then eventually over the 90 day deal, deal Academy, you know, I just, I know people who are doing investing. Um, and there's one or two who are doing it at a higher level, but I just want to surround myself more with people who are taking action. Um, and who really want this more than just a hobby. And so that's what for me led to the plunge of doing runway. Um, and then it was that, and what was the other thing? There was one other thing. Oh, that, that, that this was the other thing I was going to say. I think the longer, you know, at the beginning, whenever you're starting something new, there's a high, you get really into it, you're passionate about it. It's, it's a great experience. But then after a while, like that, that wanes. And so I think I needed more accountability again, just, or, and just more people in my ear, like actual people that I'm talking to who are taking action to motivate me because it does, you know, whenever you do something for a longer period of time, the motivation does wane. And then you're like, what am I doing? Is this for real? Can I keep up with this? Um, you know, contractors are really hard to deal with. I'd love to 
bounce ideas off more people what, with what's going on, so on and so forth. Yeah, it gets kind of lonely sometimes, yes. doesn't it? Like, yes. Yeah, I feel like that uh, in in business in general, especially when you're the CEO, you're trying to run a company, you're trying to actually like do more. And then everybody around you is uh, supportive. Not supportive is not the right phrase. They are supportive, but they're supportive in different ways. They're not always supportive of like the dream, the vision, the growth, the size the of what you want to do. Like you said, you know, I did that first deal and I could have quit my job. Um, and most people are like, oh, you know, don't do that. You don't want to do that. Don't scale down on your hours. This is secure. What are you doing? Um, and you're going out exploring house flipping and they think it's gambling. So it's, it's just, it's different. It's a different world, I think, um, outside than inside a group. And, and you kind of said it, like I look at it, I just came off of uh, the multifamily mastermind event that we did multifamily live. And in there, it's just like a lot of people were talking about, you know, these people are paying to be here. Like they're paying to be in this room. They're serious. It's not people that are just dabbling. And so if I'm looking for a partner or I'm looking for somebody to bounce ideas off of, these people are paying a lot of money to be here. They're serious. This is, I know that when I walk in, this is a room of serious people and serious investors that are trying to change their financial future. So I see a little bit of what I heard in you a little bit. Like I don't know a lot of high level people or people that are really like serious about this. And you know, when you come to one of these events or come to one of these calls or jump on the accountability groups, these people are serious about changing their financial future. And yeah. And even uh, if they're wholesalers, like just to hear the action they're taking and how busy they are. And um, yeah, I just, it's great to be around. It's great to fill your mind with, for me, it's been helpful. Awesome. It just took you a long time to get there. You went about it a roundabout way. You didn't just jump. So <laughs> I've always um, been like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of people like that. And there's some people that just make an emotional decision that I'm doing this. I don't care. And, uh, and they go all in uh, the first day. So um, there's a couple of things that we talked about before the show that you're doing that um, you were mentioning could be helpful to some of the listeners. One of them being about how you found your handyman. Can you share some of that stuff? Yeah. So I'm working on a, a duplex which will be a burr and we already finished one side of it and we're going on to the second one. Um, yeah. So this is, and hey, for anybody's, let me, let me just jump in. Anybody's listening that the burr model is just he, uh, buy, renovate, rent, refinance, and repeat is uh, typically the, the abbreviation there. So basically just uh, buying it, fixing it up, getting your cash out and then keeping it. Is that right? Yes. That's what you're doing. And, I mean, it's basically a flip okay. that's rental quality and you're, it's yep. playing with money a little differently. Um, but yeah, it was, I'll try any and all method to figure out who to talk to, or is there a better person for framing or flooring or a, a, a plumbing, so on and so forth. Um, so there's this guy who I've never even met. Um, he's a realtor in my city and I follow him. He does great work. He, Obviously, he's a realtor, but he also does flips, and they're really good quality. And so there was one time where I just messaged him out of the blue. I said, hey, this painting job was was really well done, or do you have a painter, or who did it? Never met him. Didn't even know if he would um, respond, and he responded with this guy who's done work in my own house and done work in my flips, and he's great, high quality, um, and can do everything, not just painting. And... Um, so you just never know how how you can come across people, um, even people I've never even met. 
and this was on social media. And so I just thought, I'll throw that out there. Maybe someone else can glean or learn something from that. So somebody, you um, you were watching the marketplace, some uh, project that you saw that looked really good. I saw that the other day. I saw somebody's uh, project. I was like, dang, they they do awesome work. Like the, the house looks really clean. It, it was really well done. The flip looks awesome. They did a good job. Very attention to detail. And it's usually not the flipper. It's the contractor, either general contractor or subcontractor that was doing it. And so you just reached out to the person that you knew that posted about it and said, hey, um, who did that? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, it's probably a little bit of, uh, rapport building uh, ahead of that, like, hey, project looks really awesome. Um, this is who I am. I'd love to know who does it. And, and so if you're listening to this, uh, I think it's a great, great idea and and way for you to, um, like most people are like, can't find good contractors. Well, who'd you ask? How much have you tried? Like, what have you done? And we're going out there kind of on our own instead of looking for referrals. Um, the only caveat I'll give the listeners to this is um, sometimes when you talk to a flipper who's doing volume, then they're going to give you their like B and C squad contractors. Um, sometimes you'll, uh, you just got to be a little bit careful and, and vet them. And then, so I would do is if I saw that project and I saw the address, then he gave me the contractor. When I talked to that contractor, I'd be like, Hey, I just talked to so-and-so. He said, you did some painting for him. Like, yeah, I did. Oh, I saw this house on, you know, one, two, three main street. Did you do that one? They're like, no, no, I didn't do that one. And then I kind of know, you know, so that's a little, um, a little, a tip for anybody that's listening, because I remember when I was doing a lot of projects, you know, I was doing, and, and it wasn't a lot. It was probably like three or four at a time, but there's no possible way you were getting my handyman. Like, there's no possible way that you were getting my contractor. I'll share contractors with you, but not the guy who's doing mine, the guy who's, who's at my project every single week, because I don't want him at your project one day a week or two days a week. Now, maybe my HVAC guy or my roofer or somebody like that, who's just there for a day, out of each project or two days out of each project, fine. But my electrician, my plumber, my, and definitely not my carpenter. You're not getting my carpenter. You're not getting my tile guys who are there like nonstop. Um, but I will definitely refer you to my, um, my cabinet guys because they're there for a couple days, you know? And so just kind of think about that when you're doing my carpet guy, for sure. I would give you everybody the guy who did my carpet. Like they're amazing, but they're in and out in a day, maybe even like six hours, you know? But my drywallers, probably not. My painters, eh, maybe, probably not. Like people, folks that are in there for quite a while, like doing touch up, doing, the painters are in there a lot. They're in there multiple times. And I got three projects stacked on top of each other. Like my painters are busy, dude. And so uh, just be careful of that. That's, that's what I'll say. But I love this concept. If you can get it done right, if you can find uh, people that do really great work, a referral is worth um, like its weight in gold. Like it's absolutely incredible. Uh, referrals are definitely the best way that I've ever found contractors. And the before. other thing is <clears throat> um, there's another contractor who I'm working on with this other flip is, uh, and people have talked about this, but I was doing the, one of my flips last year and this guy was working on a project it was another piece of junk, like six houses away. And he, the house was just being done at a quick pace and it was done being re really well. So I dropped by and I talked to the people working there and the main guy was not there. So I left one of my cards with him. I was like, Hey, here's my card. I'd love to talk to the, the guy who's doing this house. He's really taking this piece of junk and making it super nice in a quick time. Like I'm interested in meeting him, but it's one of his workers. So I had no clue didn't think he would even he would even call back thought it would just be a lost cause i would drop by again and hopefully talk to him but this contractor actually called me like 
five, six days later and introduced himself. Um, and we talked for a while and anyway, he's, I'm using him right now and he's doing, he's finishing a hundred thousand dollar rehab in two months. Like it's amazing. He's not perfect, but it's this, you know, time is money in this process because you're, I'm doing these projects by borrowing money. And so I'm saving so much interest by, by having found this guy who went, and I did it by dropping by this project six houses away from mine and, you know, putting myself out there. So it, it, you, this is how I'm all about meeting new people whenever and wherever, cause it can happen. And I'm, and it's making these things possible. Yeah. Driving for contractors is a great way to go is drive around, talk to them. I remember talking to uh, one of the foremen on a new construction job site and those people are just miserable like phenomenal project managers there if they're building, you know, 50, 60, 70 houses a year. And if you can just get them to come be a project manager on 20 a year, yeah, they would love their lives. They work nonstop. So some great people out there if you just know how to look and, and just how to have a conversation with them. Like, hey, what's going on? Like um, the same way you do with sellers. Let's go contractors, money people. You mentioned financing these deals. How, how are you financing them? Yeah, great question. Um, both private money and um, hard money. Actually, my first three deals were actually mainly private money. Um, and then I put up some of my own money as well to make them happen. And then I was like, actually, I think it was through the 90-Day Deal Academy. The signs talked, and that was one of the best calls I've ever heard. I swear, it's because it was all about money. They do like six to 12 flips at a time. And they, uh, she was talking about, yeah, if you have all this money, just scale it. So use hard money and then to fill the gap, use the private money and then you can scale and you do so many more projects at a time. And I was like, you know, it's not rocket science, but um, when I actually that heard was someone who was doing it were doing and doing so many more flips that because of this possibility, I was like, wow, that's, that's really cool. Like, this is how they do it. And so, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now is a mixture of both. Got it. That was Greg and Katie, like one of the, some of the laser coaches that were on yes. the call. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that strategy. That's what I used for a long period of time is buying. I used private money and my own money for a long period of time. But when I was able to scale with hard money, we were able to do, you know, 30 to 50 a year. And so, um, because all that, like a couple million dollars that I had raised using that in the gap was, was game changing for me. So, but then you got to have the contractors, you got to have the operations, you got to have everything to run too. And, um, that's where it can, can fall flat. What, um, what about finding the deal? You mentioned you bought a duplex recently. Uh, tell me about that a little bit. Finding the deal. This was actually just on the MLS and it's in a city where, <clears throat> or a bedroom community of my city where I've done a lot of work. My past two flips were there. I just know this city in and out because I've been there so much or this town and um, it popped up. It's it's exactly what I was looking for. It was a messed up trashed duplex. That's what I wanted. So I went after it. It was, a, I had room to fix it up. Um, and I just, I, I offered less than listing and I just got it under contract. What'd you buy it for? Uh, it was for one hundred fifty-five thousand. One fifty-five, and how much money are you put into it? The goal, the goal is only seventy thousand. 
Okay. And then the ARV. What is it going to do? I mean, at the time was two hundred sixty-five thousand. Two sixty-five. Okay. Are you still putting seventy into it? That's that's is that real number? Well, I've only spent eighteen so far. So okay. There's still a lot more room, but we fixed up the the half the duplex that was nice, and now we're going to the the trashy one. So we'll see. And what is that? What does this thing rent for? Um, I think it's going to be running for a thousand to twelve fifty for either one. Okay, so like a like around a little less than one percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so if you're in it for two twenty five, two thirty, the ARV is two sixty five. You'll get most of your money back on the back end on a refinance. Yes. Okay. This is this used to be my game. I'd buy a house, fix it up, uh, and I'd use the delayed financing exemption to get my money back. And so I did that for 10 houses, and then I sold them all. And so maybe I'll do a show on why I sold them all. Um, and I took that capital and did something else with them. So cool. I uh, found it on the MLS. There's still deals out there on the MLS, especially now. Uh, I, see, I hear people buying them all the time inside of our mastermind group. So if you listen to this and you're like, there's no deals on the MLS, you're probably just not like really looking or you're not making enough offers or you're not talking enough realtors. And uh, it's definitely an avenue that you should look at. It's free. And, um, and I think there's a, a lot of opportunity there. So, um, okay, you, t- you mentioned also before we started talking the uh, p- pricing the houses. So you did a flip recently that um, – that you had a system around pricing the houses and some things that you that you do that maybe some other people could learn from. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is not everybody, but there's definitely some investors out there that, you know, Ryan, the house flipper, potentially thinks he's a big deal and um, because he flipped it and it's what he thinks is great quality or great design, he's going to put a little higher than – everyone else. And I think that worked, you know, in 2019, 2020, 2021. Um, but it's, you know, I just, I see these things just sitting <clears throat> and then that's not what, that's not, not what anyone wants. It's just, I mean, obviously the market has slowed down, but to sit for over three months is not good. And so I really, in my opinion, or in my experience, what has worked is to price it, you know, where it should be, where recent flips have just recently sold. Um, in terms of square footage, bath, bedrooms, finishes, but be really like, look around. Like I do a really a deep dive with heavy hitting of analyzing the market and yeah. in the neighborhood that I'm in, but also even outside of the neighborhood. So this recent flip that I listed for 225,000, I went, you know, even to the outskirts of this little bedroom community is, and I was asking myself, okay, what is, competitive like is are these things higher quality are they less quality um are they realtor flips are they just people who are lived in the home at this price and then not now they're listing a little above a little below i wanted to see exactly like what is my competition super close to the property but also outside of it and just comparing um the finishes of it so because what i want when they entered in, into my home i mean i heard this from a realtor I mean, buying a home is, a, is an emotional experience for most people. Um, I mean, for us, when we 
especially for people who are doing high volume, it's not like it's just another transaction. But for your for your own home, it's an emotional experience, especially. Um, and so, especially when you have to take quick action, like in the past couple of years, um, and so you have quick decision making. And so, what I wanted when people entered this house is to feel emotional about the price point and then the finishes for what it's being compared to outside of, or what's what else is in that little town that I, that I was, the market was in. And so because of that, um, the house went under contract in five days with two offers or multiple offers, almost three offers, but they backed out at the last minute. Um, and so that, that was not the case in the fall of 2022. Like things were not going under contract quickly with multiple offers. And there were other projects around me that were priced higher at, at the same square footage, same beds, same baths. And some are still on the market today because they went so much higher because they were hoping for so much higher. And now it's like they're back at my price or even lower and they're not selling. So that's a problem. Like you've got to really think and price it accordingly, um, you know, to get it, to move your inventory, to get it off the market. And nobody, here's my thing. Nobody cares about if it's Brian, the house flipper, Nobody cares who's buying the project. They they care about the house in front of them and the finishes and how it compares to everything else around it. It's not who who did it. I mean, yeah, I think that's silly, but it's definitely true out there. Yep. So when I used to be looking at pricing the houses, everything that I did, especially like a fully renovated, fixed up house, it was always I want my house to be a little bit nicer, and I wanted to be priced at or slightly below everything else they're going to go look at that same day. So um, when I was when I was in the business like full time, I was doing the work. I was fixing the houses up. I was managing the contractors. I was picking the finishes. Me and my wife were going on date night at Home Depot and Lowe's, and um, and I was doing some of the work myself. I would always go either virtually or in person, walk the other properties, look and see what else is going on in the, in the community, and then I would figure out how I could c- compare. Just like you said they're going to go drive around in this neighborhood and they're going to be buying houses. They're going to be, they have this little area that they're looking for. And that, that was, this was in Pensacola, Florida and Pace, Florida, Milton. And so Pace and Pensacola, I was just driving, I was looking around, where are they going to buy their military family? Just like me, most of the time, where are they going to buy? They got their family with like one kid or two kids. And then what else are they going to look at in the same price point that day? And so my house looks a little bit better and it's priced at the same price they're all going to be making an offer on my house. And so if I can do that, then I know I can win. Because at that time, it was a market just like right now, which the market's, market's changed a little bit lately. I think the, the inventory's down. People are realizing that interest rates aren't going anywhere and start, houses are starting to go, go um, under contracted above asking price again. We had like a six-month lull slowdown, and now it's kind of cranked back up from everybody that I'm talking to. So for me... Uh, my market in 2016, 2017, 2018 was very much like now. Seller concessions were rampant. Price reductions were normal. It would take 30 to 45 days to go under contract. This was just the norm then. This is all, all I knew at that time. It's the market that I started in. Um, I didn't get to start in the super hot blazing market of pre, a little bit pre-COVID and post-COVID. Um, so it was, uh, this is just normal. You price it at the, uh, at the comps or at the, at the current available homes and you make yours a little bit nicer. So if they all had like uh, laminate countertops, mine was getting granite, you know, is that little simple thing, a couple thousand, $1,500 more 
Um, or if they had a black refrigerator, I was going to have stainless appliances. And they were like, wow, this is like a huge upgrade where it's like thousand bucks more, you know, and I'm pricing it at the, at the same, but my house is moving fast. And now my holding costs are $3,000 less than my comp, my competitors. So all that stuff as an analytical guy, David, you're probably a lot like me in the way that we think it's just a numbers game. And my early flips, I was emotional. I very much over-renovated the house. I tried to make it really beautiful and really awesome. Um, I definitely have 20 or 30,000 uh, more dollars in my bank account had I not been so emotional in the beginning. But I think that's all part of us learning. So what's next for you? What's next for me? Um, I mean, I'm almost finished with this one um, flip, <clears throat> which it, there's a possibility the neighbor's could buy it so it may not even make it to the mls they're really interested uh but then just finishing um these two uh burrs or they'll be rentals um which are you know in other bedroom communities around raleigh north carolina hmm nice uh you gonna keep that job of yours for now okay good um, you know, sometimes you got to be careful about what you say on a podcast because your friends might listen to it. Um, all right, David, uh, how can people get a hold of you? Let's say they want to reach out and they're in the area. Like, what are some things that you need? So maybe you need some deals. You're looking for some lenders, some money, stuff like that. Like, what are some things? Like, how can I help you on this platform of mine um, serve you? And then, how can people get a hold of you? Sure. Um, well, I do have social media. Um, you can find me on Instagram which you can just put that, I can talk to you later and you can put it in the notes of the podcast. Um, what is it? Say it right now and we'll put it in the show notes too. Uh, this is how it works. I got a system that comes to this stuff. I'll tell you right now. I When I hit end recording, I'll make an intro. This goes out. And by the way, we'll keep this in the podcast so they're not going to clip this out so everybody listening can know behind the scenes how it works. So um, at the end of the show, I hit stop recording. I make an intro for our show and then I don't do anything ever again. It, it goes, my team takes it, and everything that you say right now, your Instagram handle, all that stuff, makes it into the show notes, might make it into an email or something like that, that they write and it gets all packaged up and goes, I don't know how it works. I don't know how the sausage is made. Don't want to know it, but I do want to know that. Um, so if you don't say it here, it'll never make it in. So what is it, man? Uh, it's, it's just my name, David Foster for the number four. Um, so, if, you know, if, if people want to, I put real estate stuff on there, and then if you want to see babies and toddlers they'll be on there some as well but um and then yeah i'm always looking for private lenders if anyone wants to make a return on their money that's easy and you're putting it forward um that's sitting in the bank or out of a roth ira um 401k you know let's talk it's my my investors make good money it's really easy and i keep them un updated about the projects and what their money is doing and I love Annie and all the help with that. Nice. Um, all right. Instagram, David Foster four, and you can spend the same time going on there and following me, Bill Allen, REI. I'm making a bunch of videos in the airplane right now, having a ton of fun doing it. And so um, we actually, right after this, have a meeting about the YouTube channel and Instagram. So um, I love, uh, I, I do like one video a day for six days, six days out of the week. And then um, we make a bunch of other cool stuff on Instagram. So something I'm trying to grow right now too. Um, I don't have any pictures of toddlers anymore, but um, a lot of business stuff and occasionally like some of the, our entertainment reels at night 
our uh, family and stuff like that. So my son just had his birthday recently on the 4th of June. Uh, I just got, re I just retired from the Navy on June 1st. So we did some cool reels with that. So go follow David Foster four and then Bill Allen REI on Instagram. If you're on there, if not, Keep listening to the podcast, share this with all your friends, family, anybody who might be interested. And maybe, who knows, maybe you're like David, you're going to listen to the podcast for a couple of years. You're going to come to an event. You're going to keep saying no. And eventually I'll just break it down and you'll say yes. So um, if you want to join the runway program or, um, or get to meet David or some of the other folks that are on the show, and you know that you're looking for a group of people that are like-minded, that have invested in themselves, that are serious, like we talked about, you can go to the seven figure runway. So the number seven figure runway.com, fill out an application. It literally takes like a minute to fill out that application. And it's not some sleazy um, used car salesman call after that. I have an awesome team that is going to do a consultative type approach with you on a call and just see what you need, see where some of your gaps are. We'll do a quick gap analysis. We, we'll even tell you about your personality profile and some of the things that may be slowing you down and holding you back and uh, can, can help you get to the next level just totally free. And then if you see value there and if it makes sense for us and for you, I will invite you to come into the runway program with us um, or the altitude program if that's your best fit. If not, we might just tell you to keep listening to the show until you, um, you know, are in a financial position to do so or it makes sense for you and your family and your business. So um, I'm really, it's really important to me that we take care of people and we bring the right people in and we say no to the wrong people because we have said no and I've asked people to leave before. So uh, if you're the right fit and you think our values align, then go to sevenfigurerunway.com, the number sevenfigurerunway.com and I'll fill out an application and see if we can work together. Uh, David, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. I had a great time. Uh, I think the listeners will get a lot of value from this as far as finding the handyman, pricing the house, some of the mindset stuff that you talked about, and uh, your journey. So thanks, man. Had a good Thank time. You.